We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You can't handle the truth! Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? It's that time of week again, your favourite time of the mm-hmm. week, Thursday, 6 o'clock, unscripted the film show on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM or on the podcast version, if that's how you're listening to us through the Gentlemen of Pop Culture uh, Network. Uh, I'm Cecilia and Lewis is across from me in the studio. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Cecilia. How's it going? I'm sorry, I'm just, um, I'm going to apologise in advance because I've still got this cough. You it's do. still hanging in there. I don't know when it's going to attack, so I apologise in advance. <laughs> It'll attack at any time, <laughs> that cough. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, hopefully you're on the mend. I'm, I'm going to be doing a, um, a spooky quokka later on tonight as well. Spooky Which quokka. is the, uh, the show I do with my mate Jason. Yes. Where it's on YouTube. <laughs> and, like, so not only will people get to hear me cough, but they'll <laughs> get to see me cough as well. <laughs> Even better. Add that extra element to it. Like, the only thing you could go further is if you had it 3D and you could actually, like, see the... Spray when I when I coughed, so <laughs> it's very exciting. Imagine if you could see things like that out in the world. So like when people coughed and burped and did other <laughs> things, you could see like all the particles moving. Well, you that's can, a gross thought. I don't know why I thought of that. You can see it like you know when you go out in the uh, the morning and it's really cold. Yes. And your breath is warm. Mm. If you cough, then you can see it coming out that way. That's true. I've never seen anyone uh, fart and see it <laughs> does the same thing. <laughs> Imagine if it did. Have you seen um, the latest Jackass? No. Okay. It's um, It's been out for a little while, but I think it was on a streaming service and I was like, you know what, it's time, I'm going to watch this. I've always been a bit of a fan of Jackass. <clears throat> I know it's stupid and I know a lot of people are probably screaming out their radios or wherever they're listening going, why would you even enjoy that kind of stuff? Particularly now when these guys who started this Jackass thing, you know, two decades ago when they were 20 and now 40 and they're mm. still doing stupid stuff. But, yeah, it's quite funny. There's lots of uh, fart things in there. It just reminded me I've, of that. I've seen Jackass. I've seen it in the, in the cinemas. Mm. Like mm. I've gone and seen it on a big screen. Oh. Yeah. I think the one stunt that gets me that I cannot watch is the one where they're paper cutting in between their fingers and toes. I cannot watch that one. That's probably the one that I just cannot deal with. But it it was good fun. And I think if you're after a good laugh, check it out. Jackass forever. Why not sit down? Could you imagine? You just have your hands balled up until they heal properly. Oh, it's horrible. I hate paper cuts. I've accidentally paper cutted my eyes before. Your eye, yeah. your eyeball, or my your eyeball? eyeball. Yeah. Oh my god. So I picked up a piece of paper, as you do sometimes, just pick it up, <sighs> and I flicked it around, and it got me in the eye. It was the mo- well, it wasn't. It, it, my eye just would not stop watering, and I think people thought I was crying. And I'm like, oh, paper cut my eye. <laughs> um, but enough of that. We do have heaps to talk about tonight, which is fantastic. A couple of new films mm. that are out. I've got the uh, new horror film called The Black Phone. Lewis, you've got uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Sing, yes. Correct, which is based on uh, a best-selling novel as well. And we've also got 
uh, official competition. Mm-hmm. Is that out this week? Or it is. is. That next? Yes. Perfect. That's another film. That one stars Penelope Cruz mm-hmm. and Antonio Banderas, I believe. That's right. And it's in their native Spanish. It is. Which will be interesting to hear about. I'm going to try and check this one out mm-hmm. myself as well. And I've seen another film called Falling for Figaro, which stars Joanna Lumley. So I really wanted to see that film. Four great films yeah. to talk about tonight. I wanted to see it, but it was also on the, the preview was on the same night. As Thor came uh, out, and clearly Thor is definitely mm. going to be your choice there. Yeah, isn't it had, it? Had, had to had to happen. But I still want to see Falling for Figaro, and I still want to see uh, Phantom of the Open as well. Yes, lots of great films out mm. there. That just pr- just goes to show this heaps out, which is fantastic. There is. Have you seen the trailer for the Monsters movie? No, I haven't. But there's been more and more kind of talk about it because it's due to release quite soon, mm. I believe. But I haven't seen. Is there an official trailer out at the moment? Yeah. Because it was the original uh, trailer, which was just a reworking of the opening to the monsters. Mm-hmm. But uh, then they've got the official story trailer, Very which is cool. just out. It's really interesting. Like the guy, the guy who played, when I saw the Herman guy in the mm. first trailer, I was like, oh, I don't know if he's any Fred Gwynn. You know, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's tall and green, but yeah, I'm not, not sure. But actually watching him in the, uh, the story trailer, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I like this guy. I think he uh, is pulling off a good Herman. Very good. And Grandad is like, seriously, as, as if it was, uh, I think it was Al Lewis was the original Grandad, and this guy is just just as good as him. Like, the voice is spot on. Yeah. And Lily is great as well. All, all three of them are great. But the thing is, is because they're d- dealing with the um, origin story or the, 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 the mm. romance between Herman and Lily, you don't have um, their son there and you don't have the, uh, n- the niece there either. Yeah. And so that's interesting. So I'm wondering, hopefully it does well and they do a second one so we can actually Maybe that's you know, why see. they're doing it that way so that they can look at getting a second mm-hmm. one in. Because I feel like it's something that would do quite well. I think there's a lot of people there who will, will flock to see something like well, that. Well, it's on Netflix. So it might, oh, it's going, it's going straight oh, to Netflix. It makes me wonder if... Uh, you know, Netflix will you know buy the rights to play the monsters like the because that's one of the things we haven't seen happen mm. on the streaming services is them going back and pulling the really old kind of stuff that was in syndication. You know, because yeah. I haven't seen on any of the streaming services. <coughs> there we go. Yay. It's here. Um, I haven't seen any, any of the streaming services. Um, the Brady Bunch, uh, yeah. the monsters. You know, Adam's Family, you know, all these shows. Mm. Like, seriously, if they're on streaming services, I'd be like, I've got nothing to watch. Pfft, I'm going to chuck yeah. on the Adam's Family, you know? Because who doesn't want to relive some of that stuff? Because sometimes, you know how you're always seeking new content and it's kind of overwhelming? Sometimes you mm. just want to go back and watch something you've seen before, but you love it and you know mm. it's good. So things like, yeah, the Adam's Family. I would like to see more of that syndication stuff come through. Uh, Do you think it's – I know, like, um, it took forever to get Batman uh, – the Adam West Batman <coughs> – sorry. The Adam West Batman onto um, uh, bl- DVD and Blu-ray mm. because um, the, the the way that they did their contracts and stuff like that, and the rights and all that kind of stuff, it was done specifically for, like, TV and then, uh, like, the music and things like that for a lot of these shows it was just for, you know, TV. Yeah. And then you go to a new format and they're like, well, no, 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 you're going to have to pay us again for <laughs> the music and stuff like that. So so it maybe that's the reason why oh, we're not seeing these things. Maybe lo- there's, yeah, logistics yeah. and legal things that and they've got to navigate. Because mm. also you've got to pay 
the people, like the people who were in those shows, yeah, you know, if they're going to another another format and people are getting making money from it, they're going to have to get paid again as well. True. And some of those people are dead, so <laughs> it's very difficult to pay dead people, and you've got to find out who you know their benefactors <gasps> are and pay them. And yeah, it's it's it's, it's all a, a legal loop, loopy loop. I know. I just wish more things were free, you know. Yeah. <laughs> more things were free. Speaking of um, streaming services, I thought I'd jump onto Disney Plus over the weekend and check out Bob's or the Bob's Burgers, <laughs> the Bob's mm. Burger movie. It's quite weird. I would have just called it Bob's Bob's Burgers the movie, mm. but instead they've called it the Bob's Burger movie, which kind of doesn't roll off the tongue as <laughs> nice. So uh, that is streaming. It did hit cinemas, but got a yeah streaming release which is good so if you're a fan i think there's 12 seasons of it now did, so. did you watch the movie yet i did i watched the film so uh, it's an interesting one because obviously the the series centers around the belch have you ever seen bob's burgers no well I, i've wanted to but yeah just never go around to it. i feel like you might enjoy it, it mm. it's a series which centers on the belcher family you've got uh, bob linda and their three children uh tina Jean and Louise, and they run a hamburger restaurant. Mm. And really they just get up to kind of all sorts of shenanigans and usually it's about trying to save the restaurant or something's happening in their town and they get involved. But it's very similar to series, you know, your adult cartoon Mm. series, I suppose, uh, as well. And it began in 2011 and, you know, now there's 12 seasons of it plus the film. So, yeah, the film, uh, all of them kind of reprise their role uh, and uh, it kind of centres around them struggling to pay the mortgage for the month, uh, but also this giant sinkhole opens up in front of the <laughs> restaurant and they've got to kind of navigate that. So, yeah, it's not a bad one and I think it, it's very similar formula to the TV show, mm. but I think if you're a fan of the TV show, you'll enjoy this and there'll be some inside jokes and you can, you know, come and... Um, watch your favourite family, I suppose. So um, has the TV show finished? No, it's still going. Oh, okay. Still going. Um, but they, yeah, decided to release a film. I mean, look, the film wasn't overly necessary. I mean, I don't think the Simpsons film mm. was overly necessary either. But, you know, I think when you've got these long-running series, to, to do a film is always kind of a given mm. as mm. well. But, yeah, look, I enjoyed it. I, I like Bob's Burgers. It's something I watch when... You know, I want to just watch something I've seen before. I just chuck it on in the background. It kind of sits there. So I enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's on Disney Plus now if anyone is interested in watching that one. Should we take a break and come back and start with a film? Yes, why not? Let's do that. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. That was the voice of Rachel there, who I completely forgot to mention at the top of the show. is not in the studio but is on assignment this evening, so she'll be joining us next week uh, in the studio. But uh, we've still got plenty to talk about. We've got uh, Where the Crawdads Sing is a a new film which is out and I've actually got the book sitting at home. I've never touched it and I really should jump in and read it because it looks really good and now the film's out. And I've seen the trailer about six times. Every time I go to a preview, (laughs) they, they show it. And it just looks really, really cool. So I'm so interested. did you buy the book or did someone give you the book? I bought the book a, f- oh, a while back. I was in the book a bookshop, book believe it or not, and I mm. saw it there. It was kind of uh, top 100 and I thought, oh, that looks really good. So, yeah, I bought it and then sat down. And I'm one of those people who has book narcolepsy so right. I'll open up a book and I'll read a page and then I'll instantly fall asleep 
and it's a given. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. I could get up in the morning and start reading a book at 10 a.m., but I'll still fall asleep. Oh, my God. Books are not for me, I'm afraid. I love reading, and when I do have a book I love, I I will do my best to keep reading, but, yeah, I just tend to fall asleep, so. I think maybe you should get books on tape. Like uh, should. But just as long as you don't get the same kind of thing happening, because if you're listening to a book on tape in the car and fall asleep, not not a good thing. Not a good thing. No, (laughs) no. yeah, so I, I uh, on the other hand, uh, knew very little about where the Crawdads sing. Like, I, I saw the trailer over and over and yeah. over and over they again. They really did play it a lot, didn't yeah. they? Uh, and, and I was like, okay, this, it looks like an interesting film. So when you see the, the, the trailer, you're, you're, you see this girl who uh, seemingly has brought herself up living in a, uh, you know, um, what do they call it? It's, it's like a swamp. A swamp yeah. or a, um, oh, there's, another, there's another term that they use for it. Um, that uh, it's a swamp and then there's the the thing. Wetlands? No. no. <laughs> I, I feel like I should know this, but I don't. And I feel <laughs> like I should help you a little bit by trying to find the name of what you're talking marsh. about. Marsh. It's a marsh. Oh, That's a marsh. Thank okay. you. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, the, the, the marsh is the whole thing, apparently. Like the, right. You know, you've got the, uh, the open spaces, yep. the grassy stuff growing and the thing. And the, the swampy bit is like more like condensed and inland. Mm-hmm. Now, People refer to her as Marsh Girl because she, um, you know, basically brings herself up, learns how to survive, mm-hmm. uh, and um, then uh, someone has a, you know, an accident uh, and they die, and she gets the blame for it and has to go to court. And uh, so basically, the whole film is like a trial of her, right? Um, but the uh, you're also um, you know living her her life. So the film you know starts off with the the, the incident, mm-hmm. and then goes into her history of <coughs> sorry, uh, sorry, so sorry about the the, the coffee. The coffee. <laughs> um, goes into her history of how she came to be living by herself in the middle of a marsh and how she mm. um, actually uh, survived and how she made money and, um, you know, how she formed relationships with people because, you know, she's living by herself and having very little contact with yeah. the outside world. And the people in the outside world see her as, as an outsider, somebody who's different and, and, and to be, uh, you know, mocked and ridiculed. Mm. Um it's a it's a really great film though. It's a like a amazingly made film. Uh, you know, really you know good good pacing on it. Um, and Daisy Edgar Jones, who plays Kaya Clark, is just sensational. Mm. She's playing this um, girl who's brought up in the south of America, and <laughs> she's like completely. She, the actual actress is British, and it's like yeah, when you hear her normal voice, you go oh my god, I can't believe that. But um, she reminded me a lot of um, uh, what's her name from uh, Shameless. Um, oh, I, so I'm blanking on her name now as well. Uh, the name sounds familiar to me as well, Daisy. Uh, I feel like she's been in something quite recently. I'm going to do a quick search. Um, but but yeah. is this quite a long film? It feels like something that might be fairly. It is uh, uh, two hours and five minutes, um, but it's. Um, not too you don't feel dragging too mm. much it's a ah. um but yeah it's a it's a real human story um 
you, you do wonder like how child services didn't get involved sooner. In yeah, the, you do in wonder. The story. Oh, but, she was in a film called Fresh, which Rachel and I reviewed earlier this year, which stars Sebastian Stan as oh, well. And uh, it's about the couple who kind of meet and quickly develop a romance and they head away for a weekend, but things are not kind of... As they, he's not. He's, he's evil. He's, he's evil, he's evil basically. Yeah. <laughs> something, something goes on there. But um, I, I actually didn't realize she was British because she's an American in that film as well. So. But yeah, but she's uh, joined by, <coughs> sorry, it's uh, all the triple names. Taylor John Smith, uh, who plays Tate Walker, uh, and Tate is this guy who they you know kind of meet as children. Mm. Um, and then he comes back into her life as a late teen, you know, almost go to college kind of age person, yeah. um, and really influential on on her life, and, and it shows their their relationship. Uh, and also another guy from the, uh, the the same town, Chase Andrews, who's kind of this you know a jock kind of guy that everyone loves, and um, cool yeah, and it's about her relationships with these two two guys, and um, yeah, it's just really good. And also you got. Uh, David uh, Strathairn playing Tom Milton, who's this uh, lawyer who's representing her in in the case, and he plays this really nice fatherly kind of figure. Um, it's yeah, really good. Um, uh, Michelle uh, Hyatt plays Mabel, and Sterling Mesa Jr. plays Jumpin', and they're these people who run a local shop, and they're uh, African American people, and this is set in the. I think it's fifties and sixties. Mm. Um, so obviously, you know, race comes into it a lot and that that kind of kind of thing. And um, yeah, really, but just oh, every, all the all the actors are great. Um, Jarrett Dillahunt plays Pa, who's uh, her dad. Mm. And if you watched um, Sarah, the uh, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, he played the Terminator in that. And like to see him in this is just like my God, I can't believe that's the same person. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a really well-made film, and like I can understand why the book has you know done so well. I, I kind of would like to speak to someone who's read the book and then seen the film and get their perspective on it. I have a feeling, yeah, I, I think I do know someone who may have read this book and, and said it was a great book. So. Uh, yeah, but I mean that's just one person's opinion, mm. I suppose. But it sounds like a really cool film, and I think <coughs> the trailer kind of sets it up so you do know what it's about. But I imagine a lot of the film is the trial and her life mm. that comes into it as well, because I think the the incident itself is obviously in the trailer, so you kind of know what yeah. what happens there. And then, yeah, I wonder is it a, a bit of a twist at the end by any chance, or or not really? You're just gonna have to watch a film, aren't you? <laughs> oh, God. Damn it. You can't even tell me if there's a twist. No. How are we scoring this film? Uh, I am going to give uh, this film uh, four and a half feathers. Four and a half feathers. Well, that makes sense because we are talking about crawdads, yeah. which I have been meaning to Google because I don't actually know what they look like. I need to do that. Pretty sure it's a bird. It is a bird, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. And I just wanted to quickly... Ah, yes, I know what a crawdad is. Thank you. I need to do that. Um, it's out now, isn't it? This film. <laughs> it is. It's out now. So sorry. Sorry, I keep asking you questions when you're clearly no, it's all right. Dying. Well, I might jump into a film then. Yep. Uh, to get let you have a bit of a break there, but I'm going to talk about uh, Falling for Figaro. Now, this was a film that was released last week, so I'm a little bit late uh, to the party, but I thought it was worth talking about still because it is in cinemas and it's only in select cinemas. So, I uh, actually no, it's on some big bigger cinemas mm. too. So if you do want to get in and check this one out. But it is centres around Stacey, who is played by Danielle MacDonald. She's this, 
young woman who is just crushing life. She is doing so well. She works as a fund manager for this business and it's a really good culture. Like every she has the perfect life. She lives in London, great house, great boyfriend. She's everything is going for her. She's even offered this wonderful promotion which you know, she's got everything she could possibly want except she realizes does she really have everything she wants if she's not following her dreams in life? And her dream is to be an opera singer, which is nice. a pretty interesting dream, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, I've never really met anyone who said, I would like to be an opera singer. Uh, classical voice. There you go. I've got a pretty – I'm a terrible singer, <laughs> but I'm actually very good at classical opera. Really? Yeah, I can go very high, but I'm not going to do it on air. <laughs> <laughs> so she – locates this train like a tutor Mm. for opera singer uh, who kind of lives in the highlands of Scotland and that is Joanna Joanna Lumley plays this character Megan who's a bit sour she's old and bitter doesn't really take on many students except she's got this one student called Max who happens to live in this village and this village is not very big it's got the local pub and that's Mm. really about it and he kind of does these odd jobs around the place to get these singing lessons and he's training for this big opera event which takes place in London every year and it really is kind of like the voice but for opera singers Mm -hmm. so you go there and you get judged and you know you get a contract out of it so you've got um, Stacey who packs up heads to Scotland for a year to do this training and she meets Max and there's a bit of a romance that blossoms between them while they're training and then also competing against each other as well. So that's the story. I won't delve too much into, you know, where it goes, but, you know, you've got that blossoming romance. But some really good parts about the film is it's set in the beautiful countryside of Mm -hmm. Scotland, so you get that. Uh, some wonderful music throughout. You get that classical, um, yeah, lots of real recognisable classic songs that you'll you'll just know. I can't name any of them, <laughs> but when you hear them, you go, I've heard that before. And I don't actually know if the cast lip sync this. I have a feeling they may mm. because it's quite, oh, here we go. Do they actually sing? Yeah, so a lot of it was dubbed singing. Uh, which I think is probably understandable in this case. I think to sing, you know, those really mm, high notes, mm. it, it does certainly take um, someone. Pretty much only opera singers can do that. <laughs> exactly. So uh, you've got Hugh William Skinner who plays Max in this film. He's an English actor. Uh, and then you've also got Danielle MacDonald who I mentioned earlier plays uh, the lead role, but she is an Australian actress uh, who is known for uh, Dumplin', uh, Patty Cakes, and you'll really know her when you see her. Uh, she's a really wonderful young actress who I think has a very promising career ahead for her. And then, of course, Joanna Lumley is just wonderful in any role that she is given. She's this kind of bitter old woman who is a, has a bit of a redeeming story arc. So by the time you get to the end, you go, ah, oh, that's okay. But look, I think this is one of those films, It's not a lot happens, but it's an enjoyable sweet, humble ride. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really enjoyed about this film. Uh, I am going to score this three and a half K 
cows. Cows. Highland nice. cows, to be more specific. I, I just want to say for Joanna Lovely, I think she's fantastic. So. She's cool. National and we don't treasure. see her that often uh, in things anymore. I think she's probably a bit more selective in the work that she chooses to do. But, you know, ab fab, come on, yeah. people. She is just brilliant. Well, we might take another break and we'll be back after this. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Lewis did uh, find some interesting information about falling for Figaro, which I should have mentioned, but uh, the singing was actually dubbed by Australian opera singers. So... uh, both for the role of um, Max and for uh, Millie as well. So that's interesting. So Stacey Alume? Yes. So I kept referring, uh, yes, correct. So Millie's singing, so I accidentally called the character Stacey, but her yeah. name is Millie, sorry. So Millie's singing was dubbed by an Australian opera singer, Stacey, uh, who's won several prestigious awards uh, across Australia and New Zealand. And then Max sing, Max. His singing was also dubbed by an Australian called Nathan uh, there as well. So, yeah, not actual singing in the film. I think there would have been a lot of training needed to still get... Because I think you can certainly lip-sync a normal song. Mm. Trying to lip-sync something like a classical piece is a lot harder to do. So they've, they've done a really good job of making it look like they actually sing. So I think that still in, in itself that is still fantastic. <laughs> Well, they um, even though they weren't like singing the songs, mm. they still had to learn how to you know they still need to learn the, the songs what the songs were mm. and how to open their mouths and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So they had to do a lot of singing training, even though they weren't singing in the film. That's it. Um, so that's kind of interesting as well. Uh, and um, yeah, something is weird. Like you and I, uh, like uh, on a Thursday night, we'll often drink a, a Red Bull before we come into the <laughs> we, studio. We do. Um, <laughs> Just on my, my screen now, there's, like, an advert for Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> I know. Like, it's, it's so scary, like, that when you that stuff happens. It's that's just like, so oh. weird because we were talking about it before, yeah. weren't we? Um, that That's really scary. And apparently there's like, uh, it's a, one of the zero sugar ones with a new taste. Oh. It's like, why do you do that? Like, the, if people like the old taste, why change it? Why like, change something? Because you, you drink the, the sugar-free ones, I do. You? I drink the sugar. I see, I like, quite enjoy all Red Bull, mm. but I do drink the sugar-free one. I'm trying to be a little bit conscious, but they've obviously got these beautiful new flavours out, mm. uh, watermelon. I don't know how far we're allowed to talk about products. Well, if you just say uh, other um, energy uh, drinks are available. Other and, energy drinks are available. And drink them in moderation as well. <laughs> Please drink responsibly. Yeah. Don't, be, don't be hammering these things. Don't be hammering them. really nice flavours, which <laughs> I'm really enjoying at the moment. So, yeah, mm. I kind of haven't had a sugar-free one for a while now because I keep grabbing the flavoured ones mm. from the, uh, the fuel stations when I go in. But, hey, look, they say they're for professionals and athletes and busy people and... 
And you're all those things. So, yeah, it's all good. So, yeah, whatever. I'm going to have one. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Perfect. We still have a couple of films left to talk about tonight. Uh, we've got... Uh, the Black Phone, and then, of course, uh, we were going to talk about official competition, yes. weren't we? Yep. What shall we delve into next? Well, before we uh, talk about that, uh, have you ever watched The Orville? No. The the Orville is on... Um, oh, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll mention that as well in a second. But The Orville is on uh, SBS, um, which is weird because we've got all these paid services that we pay for, mm. and we're ending up watching a show on SBS where it's got ads. Yeah, um, well, yeah. It's on the SBS on demand, so it's kind of like you know it's got ads in there. And but um, yeah, the Orville is a uh, a show that Seth MacFarlane made. It's a sci-fi show oh. in the vein of Star Trek. Yes, but it's completely his own kind of creation. But it's obviously a love story to Star Trek. It's actually my favorite of those kind of yep. Star Trek type shows. Um, and their their current season's on now, and you can watch it on uh, SBS on demand. And it's amazing the things that they you know go into. Like in this season. Um, they've dealt with uh, there's a, a robot character who his race atta- started to attack the their their like federation, mm. and he initially was sided with the robots, but then turned on them and sided with the, the humans. But because he's a the, the the race that attacked them, everyone has just like turned against this this character and treated him very badly. So he thought the best way to deal with things was to shut himself down. Right. Basically commit suicide. Oh. And it's a, it's really interesting. Like, you know, this show originally and still does have comedy elements to it, but it started off as a full-on comedy, but now it's, like, really dealing with some very tough subjects. Um, there's a race in the uh, in the Orville. Um, oh, and Alan mentioned the Orville is also on Disney+. Plus. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Um, there's a race in the Orville um, that uh, they're – basically uh all male so mm. they're all male and they're all their relationships are you know male to male relationships and if any uh, females are born in their in their culture they're deemed uh inferior and they actually give them a transition to a male become a male person oh wow um and so when they have a kid the kid turns out to be female and they actually m- there's a big thing about whether they should though, whether they shouldn't and that sort of thing. Eventually um, the baby becomes a male but then down the track they have to deal with the consequences of that. I was like, this is some really heavy stuff for a sci-fi show to be dealing with. Particularly, as I said, a, a sci-fi show that was initially a comedy kind of sci-fi show. Mm. But it's just um, it's really, really good. So, um, yeah, I would recommend uh, checking that out on uh, Disney Plus. And I don't know if the, the most current season's on Disney Plus, but if you can't see it there, you can definitely see it on uh, SBS On Demand. Wow. So there's three seasons of this by the looks of it. Uh, started in 2017. But, yeah, it's interesting to, to think that something so serious has come from the mind of, of Seth MacFarlane mm. when you think about Family Guy <laughs> and American Dad. So... But no, it's, he's, he is very, very. He's a very clever man. He does make, make some really good stuff. Mm. Um, and also, I was going to mention as well, <coughs> Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Um, I've I've went and watched a couple more episodes with um, my mate Eugene and my wife Cat the other week, and I made sure because before I was sitting off to the side, and I just couldn't. 
like get into the show because <laughs> like I, I thought I'm going to sit in front of the screen and I'm going to concentrate, not be on my phone. Mm. And so we watched the um, a couple more episodes of that, and I, I actually really enjoyed them. <laughs> so I think it was I just wasn't like in the right frame of mind and wasn't watching it the right way. But now that I'm actually watching it, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it more. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's growing on me. <laughs> there you go, excellent. If uh, people out there are watching anything on streaming, feel free to uh, send us a message via the unscripted uh, Facebook page because we do love suggestions and to hear what people are watching uh, on on streaming, Mm. particularly with so much out there. I'm always looking for something to watch. Well, I say that and then I get busy and and don't have time to watch things, but uh, I do enjoy going to the cinemas to see films that's for sure i did see a film a french film recently called murder party not out until next week i'm going to talk about that uh next week because something to talk about then Fair enough. <laughs> but it's an interesting film and i just want to mention it was one of those films i went into and i kind of was like oh i kind of want to go i'm not oh, enjoying really? this oh no but it did a bit of a 360 and i actually quite enjoyed the way that it went so it's one of those films I went in and I'm like, I'm kind of glad I've seen that. So I'm, I do like talking about those films. This is one I seen many years ago, which I always reference called uh, We Are Your Friends with Zac Efron. And I remember watching this film and going, and it was the first time I had ever considered leaving the cinema. I was going, nah, cannot watch this. And it did a complete 360 on me. And I ended up scoring this film incredibly highly because of the way that it that it ended and the way that it the trajectory of the film so sometimes the films have this way of uh, really pulling you in at the right time uh, which I really enjoy and sometimes they catch you off guard as well which is probably why when I enjoy them the most when they do something that you just completely unexpect so there you go but we do have two more films to talk about this evening, one called uh, Official Competition and The Black Phone. One is a horror. <laughs> one is a comedy, I take it. Well, drama. Have we got two more ads to play? Or have we played We've that? got one more oh, left. One. Okay, cool. No, that's cool. Okay, no. Um, yeah, so Official Competition, it's not, it's not a, um, like, when you saw the trailer, right, mm. did you think this is a straight-out comedy? I thought it was a comedy. Yeah, because yeah, I, mm. I, th- I thought the same thing when I saw it. I was going, this is going to be a riot. Yes. This is going to be really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more weird than funny. Okay. Um, it's, you've got uh, the, the three characters um, uh, which, which are played by uh, Penelope Cruz plays Lola. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got Antonio Banderas who plays uh, Felix and Oscar Martinez who plays Ivan. Now... Uh, Lola is like a you know someone who's had some a real success in her early film career, and is seen as a you know visionary. Mm. Um, and she's got some odd ways of you know getting the most out of her actors. And she's a yeah very uh, unique special person. <laughs> um, Antonio Banderas as Felix is the like the star. Uh, actor, you know the 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 guy who's you know in all the action films, making all the money, um, has all the women and the, the fast cars and all and all that kind of thing. Um, Oscar Martinez is the guy who's in it for the the he's in it for the art of acting. <laughs> he's an actor. He's an acting coach. He believes yes. in acting. Acting. Um, 
acting, 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 <laughs> acting, acting, and he doesn't he he doesn't see um, you know Felix as mm-hmm. a contemporary. He doesn't yeah. see him as a good actor. He sees him as uh, an imbecile. He sees the, the the people that go and see Felix's movies as imbeciles who don't understand art. Um, it's very much that you know that high high art low art kind of you know issues going on there. Yeah. And so you throw these two in with a, a director who's trying to get the uh, the best out of them to make this film um and the film is about two two brothers uh one brother killed this is the film within the film if you oh know what I, mean. I see what you're saying yes she's a she, she's a director because yes. there's this old guy uh, called humberto and he <laughs> he has um <laughs> millions and millions and millions of dollars he's a very rich man i think in the medical field um and uh, the, the the film opens with the the, the actual movie, not the so, movie within the movie. Okay, yep, yep. Um, the actual movie <laughs> opens with him pontificating about his life. He's, he's in his eighties. He's kind of like, I'm coming to the end. I need to you know make sure that there's you know something I leave behind so that people remember me and blah 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 blah. And he thinks about a few a few things that he could do, and then uh, he decides, oh, I can make a film. And so he goes and you know buys a book, and then gets hires a director, and mm. then like. You know, he's not making a film per se. He's producing a film. He's funding a film. Um, but yeah, it was. This was some of the funny stuff, like right at the, right at the start, was just the the whimsy of it. Um, so yeah, the the book that he buys and the film is about these two brothers. One brother gets drunk, is driving the parents in the car. Parents die. Oh, um, the other brother, like you know, goes you. You're a terrible person, and he goes to jail, and it's about their their kind of conflict. The other brother gets out of jail, and blah 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 blah. So that's a story of the the movie they're making. Okay. And so you have Felix playing one brother, Ivan playing the other brother, and and the whole thing is about the the rehearsal time. So you don't see them actually filming the movie. You see it all about them <laughs> rehearsing, preparing to film the movie, preparing to start filming the movie. Yes. Um, and because you've got these three. Di- diametrically opposed kind of forces and she's doing some really screwed up stuff to these guys to try to get these performances out of them. Um, yeah, it, it, it leads to some like weird situations but that's, to me, they're not funny situations, they're kind of weird situations. Okay. It's, um, yeah, so it's, I was hoping more for the funny side of things, but um, it was kind of... I don't know whether it was because I watched it at home on my own TV that I find it dragging a bit. Like yes. If, <coughs> if possibly I'd have gone to see it on the big screen and I didn't have anything else you know, in my line of sight or anything, maybe I would have been more engaged in it and got more out of it. Yeah. But I just found that watching it at home on my small screen just wasn't... Uh, the it, it, it just didn't pull me in as much as mm. I thought it would. I was really looking forward to it. I loved the trailer. I was going, yeah, this looks great. But yeah. the actual movie just didn't bring it for me. Oh, that's a shame because I'm going to sit down and watch this too and I do wonder about the cinema atmosphere versus the home atmosphere. But, yeah, I, I honestly thought this was a full-blown comedy mm. from, from what I've seen. But I wonder sometimes if it's the translation because it's obviously all in Spanish. Mm. I wonder if it's the way that it's translated to English for, for subtitles, if that makes a difference. I don't know. But it could it could be that. Do you think it's that or do you think it's just genuinely not what you were thinking in terms of I don't know, maybe they just played it too straight. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, but she does. She puts them in situations to, you know, draw the characters out of them. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't play as funny as it should. should. So, mm. but yeah, I am going to give um, official competition uh, two and a half broken trophies. Broken trophies, and it is out. Now it is out now. Yes, select cinemas. I would say so. I'd probably uh, Luna uh, Palace Cinemas. That's probably where you're going to find that. Perfect. Well, definitely. There's plenty showing. We've already talked about uh, where the crawdads sing. Uh, Falling for Figaro, uh, official competition. They're all out uh, now. So we're going to take one last break and come back and talk about the Black Phone, which is the final <laughs> film for the show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. And welcome back to Unscripted, the film show, The Black Book, The Black Phone. My apologies. <laughs> I keep calling it The Black Book because there is another film called The Black Book which was released uh, many, many years ago. But this is The there's Black also, There's lots of black books on the... On there TV. is. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the confusion is coming from, I think. Black... Uh, I, I just put Black Book into my in IMDb. <laughs> Yeah, Black Book is far more, it's very entertaining, that's for sure. That's a series I can watch uh, over and over and over again. I wish they did more of that, though. I Mm. think there's only three seasons, three or four seasons. Such a shame. I'd love to see more. I hope they do a revival of that. I feel like you could easily do that, uh, revive that series. Anyway, uh, The Black Phone is based on a supernatural short story by Joe Hill. Now, I didn't realise this, but Joe Hill is actually a pen name for Stephen King's son. Oh, right. Who is also a writer, which I feel like I probably did hear at one point, but there you go. And I think it's so clever for for him to go by a pen name rather than go Mm. by... Stephen King's son because it kind of leads into your own success. I think there's a little bit of nepotism if people knew. So there you go. Uh, Or people might even be the opposite and probably stay away from it. I I don't know, but I think it's probably a clever thing for Joe to do uh, to to kind of avoid being associated with the King name. Mm. But it does have a very Stephen King feel to it uh, when you watch it as well. But it's directed by Scott Derrickson, who is really well known for directing other horror films like The Exorcism of Emily Rose in 2005. He did The Day the Earth Stood Still in 2008, which wasn't so much of a horror unless you, you know, I mean, events like that mm. can be horrific. Uh Sinister, which was a film in 2012, Deliver Us from Evil in 2014 and Doctor Strange in 2016. So he's got a few real big, you know, films under his belt there. But The Black Phone is a film, it's set in the 70s in a bit of a small town and there's this child abductor called The Grabber played by Ethan Hawke, who's roaming the streets, taking children and leaves these black balloons as his calling card to say he's been. His latest victim is Finney, who is 13 and has been banished to this basement and all that's in there is this mattress on the floor, uh, a toilet and this phone, a rotary phone, which is on the wall, disconnected as well. And as the days pass, he begins to get calls. So he answers them. And they're from the grabber's previous victims who really are there to help Finney devise a way to get 
out and to escape because over time each of these victims have kind of left a clue within this basement Mm. or something there to help him get out. So there's this supernatural element to the film and I'm always really weary when they do this. (laughs) I, I, I always wonder when they take something kind of authentic like kidnapping and then throw in a supernatural Mm -hmm. element, how they fuse those together. But in this case, it works really well because you've got this kid in a basement and he's got the help of these former victims, which really adds this element of time to it because you think, okay, if he doesn't get out, he's going to end up like one Mm. of these kids. And yeah, I think the director has done such a good job as well with the jump scares. There's not that many. There's just enough. He's really, he doesn't overdo them. So when they happen, it really pays off because I think that we can become kind of desensitised when there's too many of those mm, in a mm. film so that when they happen, they're not as effective. So I felt like they were really effective in this and it's such a succinct kind of horror film. It doesn't spend too much time going into the grabber's origin story or too much. It doesn't have to spoon feed the audience, which I like. It just gets on with the story. And there's some real kind of home alone moments in this (laughs) film as well as to, but, you know, kind of, yeah, more sinister home alone Mm. moments, uh, which I thought was really good. And I just thought Ethan Hawke did a fantastic job. He wears a mask for a lot of the film. There's really only one scene where we see his his face. Oh, really? Oh. But he does such a good job just being so creepy and you really don't know his motivation because it doesn't go into that. I don't know if the source material ever steps into that territory and tells you why he does what he does, but I think it makes it more creepy because you don't really know why. He's just mm. this messed up maniac but it has a very it feel to it you know it's set in this small town Mm. the children are really the the drivers of the story so they're the ones that uh yeah really take over and kind of bring it to its close whereas you know it was very much like that you had the children Mm. who who fought off the clown you've got the children who were fighting off the grabber so really succinct kind of well done horror and we don't see a lot of good horrors I think nowadays we went from, you know, the slasher flicks and then we went into these kind of found footage mm. horrors and then we went into the psychological horrors. This kind of just strips it back and takes us to a good old-fashioned horror with mm. a little bit of a supernatural element to it. That's what I liked about it. And I think there was at least uh, two incident, like two times in the cinemas where people screamed. Oh, wow. So I thought that really paid off. So, yeah, really, I think for horror fans... <laughs> This is definitely the, the film that you want to see this year for mm. horror fans. Oh, I wanted to see this film so badly. <laughs> uh, you could've... have a huge TV in your house, so mm. you could definitely enjoy this film. Uh. Uh, although I know your wife, Kat, does not like horror films, so you may have to watch this one alone. With yeah. um, Although you can get your uh, fur, fur babies to come and <laughs> keep you company while you watch this one. Well, I've got a, uh, my mate Lee who uh, also likes horror films yep. as well. So I might see if we can, uh, you know, uh, key up a mandate to go and uh, do it. Key watch, up a mandate, yeah, love watch, it. Watch I love Forum. that idea. Go and see it. It's a really succinct horror. Look, it's not a. I, I couldn't give it a five, but it's definitely <laughs> sitting out. I'm going to give it four, four top hats. 
Uh, I mean, look, I think for a horror, it's a five. Mm. But I think for a film, when you look at every giant, it's probably more of a four. I think it's really hard to score horror films. Mm. I feel like mm. they're a subset of films on their own because they're just... Yeah, so much more to it. So it's interesting this year. Like Ethan Hawke hasn't mm. done a lot, like until recently, mm. and then like this year he's uh, you know the King in the Northman. Yeah, like, he's not in it for very long, but he's in it. Um, then he's in uh, Moon Knight. Like he plays the uh, the bad guy in, in Moon Knight, uh, but he was a bad guy who believed what he was doing was right, and they're always the scariest bad guys. And again, in this in the Black Phone, he's playing a really bad guy. So so it's a uh, but it's kind of you know I think. Um, it makes sense, like setting these kind of things, uh, you know, horrors before like the the nineties uh, and two thousands, mm. where we have access to mobile phones and things like that. Yeah. When you go back to um, the seventies and eighties, where like if you went missing, you could just really go missing. Mm. Um, it's it's yeah, it makes things just a little bit more more scary. But that being said. Like in the 70s and 80s, when you could go missing, it's kind of like, it was like, uh, see you kids, uh, go have fun. And you just go down the park and you'd be down the park and you know, you'd get abducted you'd, by a creepy yeah. clown. <laughs> you'd, you'd start, you'd come home just before it got dark and stuff like that. It's like, man, how did we survive our childhood? But uh, wow. yeah, the, these days, I don't know. I think, I think kids, um, you know, they, they look after them more and, uh, yeah. you know, the, the schools have fences around them and stuff these days. I mean, children don't leave their houses anymore to go missing, so they're always stuck inside. Yeah. I mean, although if they were to, you know, films like The you can't even, films like The Ring don't mm. even apply anymore because everything's online, so you couldn't even watch a videotape and then... But could you, anyway. imagine, could you imagine them doing a version of it? Because obviously the ring, it was about this videotape. And, yeah. like, you know, people did copy the videotape and then yeah. you, you kind of got out like that. But, like, if that had gone to the level of, like, getting to a streaming service and then anyone yeah. who watched it, like, could you imagine the ring? Well, even just on YouTube, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? They could just Google search it. Oh, look, check out this video. And then it's like... But that would totally wipe out, like, because you know, the ring, uh, because it was you had to copy it, it was a very slow kind of yeah. thing to do. Whereas if it was on YouTube, YouTube or Netflix or something like that, you would wipe out half the population in a week. I know, it's insane. But, you know, I, I think Ethan Hawke did a great job. And, yeah, I think you're right. He's he's such – he's a very diverse actor. I don't think he's ever the same in anything mm. that you mm. see him in. I think he does a good job in, in any role and I'm always very impressed and, and never have – I never go, oh, it's Ethan Hawke. I'm always yeah. like, yeah, Ethan Hawke. So – yeah, I think he did such a good job and I think that I'm really interested to see what else they adapt of Joe Hill's because, yeah, it was a really good good source material. Have, have they made any movies of Joe Hill stuff previously? That's a really good question. I feel like, uh, I mean, they probably have and it's just been gone unrecognised. Um, let's have a bit of a look. Sorry, we're just, we're just falling down a rabbit hole. I apologise for that. <laughs> no, it's a good one. Um, Joe Hill. Oh, okay, yes. No, I have seen a few of his uh, adaptations. Horns, uh, which stars Daniel Radcliffe, which yep. was a film from back in oh, 2013. But there's this guy who uh, something happens. There's like this mysterious... Uh, I think his girlfriend dies and, yeah, he then awakens to find these horns growing from his forehead. I can't remember how the film ended, but I do remember really enjoying this. And there's another one called uh, In the Tall Grass as well, which is a film I think you can see on Netflix. But uh, 
This one, I actually thought this was a Stephen King novel, but it mustn't be. But it's based around a couple who pull over uh, one day and they hear this young boy crying for help in these... Um, you know those fields where mm, there's mm. really tall grass and you can't see much yeah. and you go in and you can kind of get lost and they venture into this field in, I think it's in Kansas and there's literally, they, they cannot get out of it and something evil oh, is, right. is within. So that was a really interesting one. I think that might actually be available to screen uh, on a stream on Netflix is how I seen it. So... And yeah, Lock and Key uh, was that TV series also, I think, on Netflix as well. Ah, yes. Two series of it, um, and that was based on a comic book. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so he's been involved in some, um, yeah, interesting work in the last few years as well, but I definitely think this was, yeah, really good standout piece for him and looking forward to seeing what comes next as well. So plenty of good films out there at the moment. There, there are. There's a lot, lots, good. lots to go and see. Go. Um, yeah, not. I was trying to convince Kat to go and see, uh, you know, Falling for Figaro and mm. um, a fan of the Open last weekend, but yeah, we didn't uh, get the time, unfortunately. I'm trying to convince her now to put. Well, originally, Kat had an idea about putting a, a TV in the spare bedroom. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was going, like, well, maybe we should put one in the main bedroom. And then I was like, but let's put them in both. But I think I think we've gone back to maybe putting it in the main bedroom. So, um, but that, that's good. Do you have a TV in your bedroom? I do. I have a, a big TV in my living room yeah. and then a uh, small one in my, my room that's not as big and fancy and mm. is not actually set up to anything um, like smart TV wise. Mm. But I, I do need to get it connected. But yeah, I've got my big TV in the living room, which is good. But I quite. I don't know. I think I've got I, – I like to sit in the living room sometimes mm. so that way I'm up and I'm like, okay, it's different from my bed. So if I sit on my bed and watch TV, I tend to just have narcolepsy you there too. <laughs> <laughs> Book narcolepsy and TV narcolepsy. But no, I don't know. It is good. I think it's nice for those rainy days mm. where you just want to curl up in bed and watch something and – because often we like get out of bed and and go and watch TV in the lounge room. Mm. That's kind of like, well, we could just stay in bed and watch could, TV. Could just stay in bed. Why get yeah, up? Exactly. <laughs> Why exactly. ever get up anyway? Yeah. At all, <laughs> except maybe to make a cup of coffee or or tea, something to watch uh, watch TV with. But. Uh, there you go. If you do want to hear more of Unscripted, the film show, we do have a few minutes left, but uh, you can catch past episodes on the Gentlemen of Pop Culture website or wherever you get your uh, podcast from. That could be anywhere. You really. can. And anywhere. We've got to get back and do a um, uh, Tangent City at some point. We do. Um. We do. It's been, it's been a while since we've mm. tangented Ah, uh, yes. that's not a word. Tangent, tangent, tangent. City is, of course, where uh, Lewis, myself, Cat, and then uh, special guests and, uh, and Rachel. And well. Rachel yeah. uh, we all kind of take a pop culture mm. reference, and we just go to city on it. We just tangent away. We sometimes hit the mark on the topic. Sometimes we don't. Mm, you just don't know. You just might listen to us talk for an entire hour, like you did tonight. But at least <sighs> we we had something. We had a topic. We had you know things to hit. Mm. And we achieved those. Exactly. We uh, achieved. And if you want to, if you want to hear about Disney, you should listen to Diz Down Under, yes. uh, which is a show that Cat and I do every week uh, on Disney. Last week we did a deep dive on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the different phases, because we're currently oh, in Phase Four, yes. and talking about how Phase Four is kind of like uh, we don't know where it's going or 
what it's doing and um but yeah interesting conversation <laughs> we don't know what's happening to this we don't know what yeah. we're doing uh that that's good for people like me who am not very knowledgeable in that area i could go and listen and, and well i won't help you out at all you'll be no? like, just okay. as lost just as lost as we are <laughs> <laughs> please uh rate review subscribe tell your friends as well about these because uh that's the way to get the word around uh if you like our podcast we'll like yours if yeah. you've got one yeah, you might not have us. one us, if you do have one tell us we'll listen we'll listen yeah. we're always open to ideas uh, yeah. collaborations etc etc but uh we will be back we will be back next week um talking about more films as well i'll talk about murder party i'm also seeing a film called the forgiven this weekend uh, which looks really good it stars uh, i spoke about it briefly last week but uh jessica chastain and ray fines as a couple who are in morocco and this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer but they hit somebody uh, and things do not turn out well for them. No. Well, I don't or think... the dead you, guy. Uh, no, the dead guy, really not at all. bad for him. Really yeah. bad. Probably worse for him. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think... I, I, You know, yeah. So those... That film looks very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, this weekend. But that is pretty much us. Any final words before we depart the building? I'm going to try not to cough next week. Nice. I hope you feel better. I hope you get better. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll be back next week. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.